You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Did you call I'm not going to lie, when he shot, I was a little nervous because he, he kind of shot it when everybody wasn't expecting him to and it was deep. And we know he can, he's capable of making that shot, but, you know, we were fortunate. He was, he's been off a little bit and from deep range, and, you know, we were fortunate to grab a rebound. You might have been tired, but you grabbed that board at the end and make those two free throws. Does it even, like, go into your mind that, hey, the big free throws, I need to make them? Or? Uh, I don't want to jinx myself. You know, but my, my wife tells me all the time I got big nuts, so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> my nuts on the line. <laughs> all right, that, of course, Brad, Bradley Beal talking about Steph Curry missing what would have been the potential game-winning three-pointer with six seconds to go, and then most and then uh, most of all, that was Markeith Morris, who grabbed the rebound off the Curry miss, went to the free-throw line, and sank the big free-throws. Because why, Todd? Why did he make those free-throws? Um, I think he mentioned that at home he's called Mr. D's, uh, something along those lines. I'm not sure. He was channeling his inner Sam Cassell is why he made the free throws. I'm just going to say, uh, you know, the, the Twitter game is, is sadly too important at the time we're doing this. The video I tweeted out of Markeith Morris saying that what he just said is up to about 1800 retweets. I, it's, the kids love it. The kids love it. It's tremendous. I don't even know what happened. The and, kid, and we do need to note that we're 99.9% sure Markeith is not married. Yeah, I don't know what the wife means. He <laughs> said, I think after that, where I cut off the quote, I think he said, I was just kidding. I couldn't have cared less if he was kidding about any of it. But at that, but I, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Most of all, Markeith Morris has been fun. And most of yeah. all, the Washington Wizards, boys and girls, got themselves a big. Freaking win. That was not big win on multiple levels, obviously. One, they had just lost two in a row. If they had lost again, it would have been their first three-game losing streak since they fell to two and eight. So that's back in November. Right. And they just beat Golden State, which last time I checked, they're pretty good. Only 50-win team in the league. Now, Only the second team in NBA history to win 50 games in their first 60 games in back-to-back seasons. The Bulls also did that. The Jordan, I think it was 95-96 Bulls also did that. Good good stat there. Now, of course, some people will want to say, well, we've got to put a little bit of an asterisk on this game because a certain somebody only played 93 seconds, that being Kevin Durant. Unbelievable. After all the hype, everybody's excited. We're, we're talking pregame. Is he going to get booed? Is he not? What's it going to be? All this, that, and the other. For the second year in a row, he comes here for the one game a year and gets hurt. Now, this isn't a Golden State podcast, so we won't talk about this too much, but it's obviously a big deal. He's not only the local guy, but you know we're talking about potentially shifting the who's going to win the NBA title. Uh, he's going to have an MRI. At this moment in time, we're talking. We don't know. and I don't think Steve Kerr knew anything, knows anything more than we do right now, but that the 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 look Zaza Pachulia getting fouled by Gortat falling backwards into Durant's leg him looking like his left knee I think left knee yeah was was not feeling so kosher uh this is literally one of those moments of the season where 
everything could change for the entire NBA, for Golden State. Um, and obviously, you know, look, I mean, Durant didn't come here. It is what it is. But, you know, you don't want to see anybody get hurt. Some people were booing him in the beginning of the game. That's fine. But, uh, you know, knock on wood. Hope, well, not knock on wood. Hopefully he's okay. Yeah, I, I want that to be actual thing. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully he's okay. But so whatever. Hyperextended knee is what they called it. it yes. And, yeah. and so and so that happened 93 seconds into the game. I don't think gold. I don't know if Golden State was freaked out about that or not. But whatever was going on, the Wizards took advantage of it. Uh, Bradley Beal 16 in the first quarter. The Wizards get out to a uh, 19 point lead. I don't know if it was in the first quarter or the yes. first half. First um, quarter. Yeah. 40 points are most points in any quarter of the season. From that point on, it it started. Well, at least by from the start of the third quarter on, it started getting intense. And the fourth quarter, I think I think there were ten lead changes in the last few minutes. I mean, Otto hits a three, Draymond Green hits a three, Markeith with the alley oop, Draymond hits a shot. Uh, you know, Curry got fifteen points in the third quarter to to finish with uh, 20, 25. 25. Uh, it was really. I mean, very similar to the Cleveland game. Like, you know, it's one thing where you have a game that's tight. I think I use this analogy in the Cleveland game. People, I think, often mistake one of these NCAA tournament games because somebody hits a shot at the buzzer that it was a great game. It isn't always like that. It, it You go, you know, punch for punch the whole way through. The Wizards did that with Golden State. Many times they could have folded or things that could have gone the wrong way. And they, and they didn't. Golden State stunk from three, eight for 28. That's obviously an off night. Second yes. straight one for them. But the Wizards held on. Big win for them on a lot of levels. Uh, you know, I guess you could say they all had some big nuts tonight. I guess someone could say that. I'll say... So you're such a professional. You always... <laughs> um, yes, I wear that. It's my, that's my scarlet letter. By, by you're the always way, chiding me for that. No, I know. And, and I guess I, I, I was, again, just too excited to discuss this. I don't even know if I said this was the Lockdown Wizards podcast. Did but not. But the lady at the front of the podcast yes. says it, so you already knew that. But uh, anyway, Ben Standick, Todd Divis, you can follow him on Twitter at Todd underscore birth, uh, at Todd underscore Divis. <laughs> and if you do that, you should also send him a message on Twitter saying happy birthday because he is officially, uh, he's shaking his head. No, you should definitely do that. Send him a happy birthday message because uh, today's his birthday. Yay for that. Uh, you can send me a message at Ben Standing. Not my birthday, but feel free to say whatever you want there. And at Locked on Wizards, if you go to any of those, hit the follow button. That would be really cool of you. And, of course, all the all the podcasts are on iTunes or anywhere you do your podcasting. Uh, so, so much has happened since we since this game ended, or, you know, happened in the game, late in the game. Like, my story, John Wall tied his career high and assist with 19, and it was like the ninth paragraph in my story because I had to go with Durant and uh, the, the game itself. I mean, Otto Porter hits two big free throws to, to put them ahead. Bradley Beal with 25. Now that we've had some time to let this digest a little bit, any any part of it stand out to you most of all? It, it It's... The part that stands out to me is that the Wizards look like the well-rounded team that they appeared to be before the All-Star break. If you run through, he's Wall with 12 points, 19 assists. Beal with 25 points. Gortat, another double-double, 12 and 12. Plus a little Kevin Love-style defense on Steph Curry late. Uh, the kind of defense that he had told Scott Brooks that he could do that. Um and then, if, if you note, one thing, a, a small tangent here, when Golden State went to the death lineup uh, late with Sean Livingston in what would normally be Durant's spot, 
Gortat stayed on the floor for a bit, and he got caught in a couple of switches, and it wasn't perfect, but he held up once against Steph um, out top, and uh, when he was subbed out because Brooks decided to go back small, when he was coming off the floor, I saw him say something to Brooks. There was maybe 90 seconds left in the game, which, as you pointed out, was going back and forth, back and forth. It's the Warriors and et cetera, et cetera. And he says something to Brooks, and then you see Brooks kind of chuckle. And I was like, I have an idea what that may have been. And I asked Brooks about it right at the end of the press conference um, after the game, and he confirmed that Gortat was touting his defense (laughs) <laughs> against Steph Curry. Nice. Um, and then later I even saw them in the hallway and I heard Brooks yell at him, hey, nice defense, and Gortat say, I told you I could do that. So um, that that was a funny tangent. But 12-12, and 12, again, for Gortat, plus, you know, all the screens, 22 points, as you mentioned, Markeith. They took advantage with Markeith when he would get a smaller guy on him. Lots of alley-oops. He explained that's just simple eye contact between him and Wall um, when they see a switch that they like. And then Otto kind of getting back in his groove. Five for eight, two for three from three. Um, Eight boards, a classic sneaky Otto Porter offensive board late, which was a crucial play in the game. Um, And we talked to Bogdanovich afterward. He got up 12 shots tonight for 16 points off the bench. And we even saw a version of Jan Mahimi. If you thought in your head, hey, this is what Mahimi is going to look like coming off the bench, we saw that tonight, I would argue, for the first time all season. Still only 16 minutes and 25 seconds for him, but 6.6 rebounds, a block shot, one dubious foul. That could have been another block shot, but just more activity, more rhythm, and more kind of into it from him. I talked to him afterward, um, and, and he kind of echoed those thoughts that he feels like his body's situated, so now it's just getting flow and being sure and reacting and, and no more thinking. And he feels like he's getting close to that. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was It was a good look for, for Mahimi. Gortat picked up two fouls in the first quarter, and Mahimi had to come in right. sooner than later. And uh, They kept rolling when he came in. He played excellent in that first quarter. He, he did. Now, speaking of the bench, um, Todd doesn't know this yet, but we're going to do a uh, – I'm going to make him do a separate podcast with me here in a minute where we're going to talk about what appears to be the Wizards' next move, which is apparently they're going to sign Brandon Jennings. Um, We've talked about him before in the back in the trade deadline stuff, and we'll get into that separately. Um, And I'll mention a little bit about what what I heard today after the at the end of this podcast. But just to stick with the game for a second, you know, that the death lineup thing, when you see Golden State go to there, now, of course, like you said, Durant wasn't in there. That, that changes a lot. Changes it, but, yes. But, but Draymond Green at the five is such a unique player in this league. I love unique players because the, the, they, they, to me, are just so much, so much more interesting. There's lots of guys that are swing men that can dunk. Give me the 6'4", Charles Barkley, who can go in there and get 20, 12 rebounds every every game. And Draymond Green is a unique player in that sense. Now, I'm not going to put Markeith Morris in that category, but I think you and I in particular – I've been looking for the, the the small line with Marquise at the five all year, but you know, I think partly Brooks couldn't do it that much because his starting five, the real starting five, those are his best players. Yep. Like if he go, takes Gortat off the court, almost anything else would have been worse, right? Yes. So he didn't do that. But now with Bogdanovich, you can get put Marquise at the five, Otto Bogdanovich at the uh, at the forwards, Beal and Wall at the guards. 
while we, while Wall isn't a a strong three point shooter, you basically have three point shooters all over the place with you know the uh, you know best point guard in the Eastern Conference basically running the uh, running the attack. And you know I, I think it looked it looked interesting. I just liked to see it. And you know different matchups you know, will, will present opportunities. I just like that he did it. And the fact that Bogdanovich, who by the way has just looked so comfortable already, he's only been here for ten minutes. I asked him about that after the game. Oh, Todd hates it when I say I asked him about it. <laughs> but uh, it was funny to say, well, how does it look like you're so comfortable? He's like, basically, I'm paraphrasing. He's basically like, uh, look, I'm playing with All-Stars. I was playing with a bunch of – I was playing with the Nets. With this, non-All-Stars. Non-All-Stars. This is a big upgrade. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he said something like this was – I don't know what he said exactly because he's – sort of tailed off and is whatever. But, like, he said something like this was, like, the biggest game he's played it in, like, two years. Because, obviously, with Brooklyn, there wasn't much going on. Even if they weren't a tight game, like, it didn't necessarily mean anything. Right. Um, so his his presence is a big deal. Uh, and I do, just interject there, I do like that they did that, and we've talked about this on the pocket. When he was signed, we talked immediately. We were, like, Markeef at the five, Bogdanovich is out there with these guys. I do like that Gortat went back into the game tonight because I, I thought that it's at the, let's see, 533 mark, Gortat went back in for Bogdanovich. And I think a lot of the league should learn from what Oklahoma City did last year against the Warriors and even, you know, in part what Cleveland did. Um, Le- LeBron's such a freak. It's, that's kind of... You know, you can't really duplicate that. But there is still, even when you get caught in bad defensive switches, and and I'm not talking about an eight-minute period here. I'm talking about two or three minutes, which is exactly basically what Brooks did tonight when he eventually swapped Oubre in for Gortat. He can help you so much setting screens and, and rebounding when everybody else is so small in those situations, even as feisty as Raymond is. I'm glad that... He went back to that starting five that worked so well, um, only because at this point the Bogdanovich thing is still a work in progress. And as you mentioned, one that has progressed quickly, Philadelphia basically, it didn't work. Things didn't work. It kind of stunk. Everyone was a mess. Understandable. Then better with Utah, better again tonight. Um, but I still I don't want to see Gortat disappear 100% from that fold. I want to see him in there to, to bang some people and – have Brooks do exactly what he did tonight. And the reason you have Bogdanovich and you have Gortat and you have Oubre, you want to disperse them at different times for different reasons. So I thought he managed that really well down the stretch tonight. The other thing I think Brooks did tonight that I liked uh, was, (laughs) I'm already anticipating the the eye roll, but like in terms of like, first of all, Trey Burke didn't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sadoransky played eleven minutes essentially. But what Brooks also did was he 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 set up situations where Bradley Beal played some of the point. He had Otto mm-hmm. Porter working in some role like that. We talked about this on the on the podcast the other day, and the the one I did the, sort of the minute by minute plan. That point was look, if you're going to play Trey Burke, please get him off the ball because you keep telling us, Mister Coach. He's not a point guard, and my point was great. Then get, let him play with Beal, with Wall, with Otto, and let them do the ball handling. I think against Golden State, it's also like, look, we can't afford too much to go to the bench a ton. we got to keep our main guys out there because you can't take the 
you know take the foot off the gas against them at all and that and that works so I'd like to see just see that in general um I, I thought that was interesting and again just he discussed that after the game uh-huh. he brought up Beal kind of handling the ball and in and lobbying by saying that Beal is a guard, not just a shooting guard. He, he's able to handle the ball. He's at, been asked to kind of create more. He's been asked to add this layer to his game. Um, Brooks thinks that he's moving in that direction. Um, it would be interesting to see how, how much he deploys that idea from here on. As you noted tonight in that you had discussed prior about Beal and Otto kind of hanging out with that second group and shifting those and shifting the rotation so that they're off the floor a little earlier in the first quarter so they're back on it sooner in the second. And Beal played point when, when Wall got hurt in the playoffs two years ago. Yep. Beal was, was running some point um, and you know did a reasonable job. All right, so let's before we get out of here, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a separate podcast on Brandon Jennings. We'll get into it. But just in the here and now, assuming that this does happen, he does technically have to go through waivers. By all accounts, remember, I mean, I had multiple conversations with people tonight who, yeah, can't say anything for sure, but <laughs> as long as something doesn't happen. And, you know, I had people ask me on Twitter, well, is it likely he gets signed? Uh, you know, I would doubt it. I think it basically is like an agent thing. If you want to piss off his agent, you will then claim him on waivers, and that'll mess you piss up. Piss off his agent and piss him off. Right. And then bring him into your team for the stretch run, irritated. Right. So oh, thanks. Right. And I think I think from what I remember, like, Utah and, the, and Brooklyn, I think, were like two teams that had – I think this was like when the Darren Williams was away. I think those were like two teams people were like looking like, could they maybe pick him up because they had some cap space? Obviously, they didn't. Presumably, he'll come here. We've talked about Brandon Jennings in the past. We were talking about it from a trade standpoint when hypothetically you had other options. Oh, there's no more other options, basically. They got him, or you could, you know, wait until you see what else you could do. I mean, even Norris Cole got signed today by Oklahoma City. So taking all that into account, I don't think you were that interested in Brandon Jennings before. Where are you at now? Oh, you're asking me? We're, we're talking about this now or we're talking about this in the next no, we're, we're just getting the, 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 the base. We want, we, want the, we want to give the people who are listening a base level something. We'll, we'll talk the specifics about it in a minute. The base level now. Uh, um, as I told one person on Twitter, I'm nonplussed. I'm not. They backed themselves into this corner. And this is the result. And this specific result is only digestible because they're backed into the corner. That's what I would say in general terms. My point of view about the whole thing. Yeah, I mean... So I'm not thrilled. No, I'm not. Nah. Right. I think think there's ideal and there's reality. It's not ideal. Uh, Brandon Jennings, at this point, he's shooting 38% from the field, 33 Four percent from three, which is okay. Thirty-eight percent from the field, no matter what position you are, it's it's not good. He no. does average four point nine assists. I think I heard somebody say that's the most assist by anybody who comes off the bench, primarily. So that's helpful, and he can score. And you know, typically this second unit has struggled to do that. Ironically, if you had told me if they had gone with this earlier, Sadoransky playing. But obviously, they just got Bogdanovich a minute ago, so we can't play that. But, you know, if Sadoransky's out there with Bogdanovich, the Mahimi we saw tonight, who was at least more active on both ends of the court, combined with a starter, whatever, that all of a sudden maybe looks interesting. And maybe you could say, well, do we really need Brandon Jennings? But 
that's not where they're at. They, they, I still think they do need something. I mean, if you think ahead to the playoffs, I don't know what Sadoransky is going to do. Typically, rookies fade in the playoffs where they don't, coaches don't have as much trust in them. And at least with Brandon Jennings, you know, the worst case scenario, if something happens with the wall, they have somebody who can come in and who's been a proven NBA point guard. Not saying he's all that. So there's that. Um, the biggest issue is locker room chemistry. Uh, I asked somebody about that today. Are we doing another podcast about this? Okay, should we tease this and wait? <laughs> all right, we'll yes. tease this and wait. All right, well, I'll tell you what somebody told me about that later and because uh, well, we have to get out of here. So, all right, so good. Any final thoughts on Golden State? You're happy you saw them? Yeah, a really fun game. I Like you said, I just hope that Durant is okay. Um, as you know, I'm kind of freaky about knee injuries, basketball knee injuries. So, yeah, I hope, I, I hope for the league's sake that he's all right. And uh, But it was, yeah, still a fun game. Felt a lot like the Cleveland game. We saw some crazy stuff at the end, and then we heard some crazy stuff afterward. <laughs> Uh, uh, too funny. All right. On that funny note, let's get out of here. Thank you to uh, Todd. Thank you to you guys listening. Of course, go check us out on iTunes uh, for all the other podcasts. And and of course, we'll we'll have a Brandon. Je- oh, I, let me just say this: the the Wizards are playing Toronto Wednesday. Circumstances have made it such that I'm not going to be able to watch the game in real time, and therefore, there's probably not going to be a recap unless I just have time and go straight box score which i don't know how cool that is so there may not be a specific one but the hopefully everything else the brandon jennings podcast will be in its place maybe i can convince todd to uh the next day give us something if he's watched it but we'll see what happens but if nothing else we'll be back for friday's game against toronto when they come back so we'll see what happens all right until next time see you Deal gets open for three. Dagger! Long drive, long balance shot.